0: What's up, everybody? It's Judy. They hope You're listening to Mad Love. I did an interview with one of my good friends from Howard University. Um, Kim Gaines was her name at Howard. Uh, She's married or divorced and I don't know her new name because I don't do that. Just go with the name I met you with. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I pay attention to details, but I'm mostly lazy about stuff like that. If I don't have to think too hard about your new name, I'm good with it. But anyway, she's a dear friend, a buddy of mine. She was always so kind to me. I got to Howard knowing like, I don't know, four people. And um, she was just really kind. She was president of the St. Louis Club. So I invited her to be on. She's a teacher. She's fascinating, fun to talk to, and just all around good people. And I hope you enjoy the interview. We touched on some, uh, I don't think they're hot button topics, but, you know, Maybe somebody else will. I enjoy uh, good intellectual conversations, and I'm very logical, not as emotional, I guess, as some people. Uh, This one's a pretty long conversation, but, you know, uh, we touch on education. And, uh, you know, I am not a conservative, uh, but we've just reached such a weird time in, in history where everybody's so extreme. So it's fun to talk to someone who uh shares my opinion and we we also share melanin. We we are out here on the front lines dealing with people where they are. So these broad political strokes don't always work for us cuz we're actually out here. And uh Kim is one of these people that are, that's dealing with young people where they are in uh the state of the family um some of the things that are preventing kids from learning. They don't come to school ready to learn and that's a problem. And why we haven't addressed it, not sure why. But if you're wondering what what a teacher what a teacher's day is like, uh this this will help you, I think. It'll help fill in some of the blanks for you. Um so yeah. Enjoy. Hello? Hey. 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 Woo, it worked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so had, I, have you
2: on speaker, I have you on
1: speakerphone. Is it okay? Yeah, that's fine. I've had mixed yeah. results with uh, phone uh, calling people on the phone and getting my recording done, so I'm super excited. Yay! Yay! So I sent you two questions. The first one's just short,
0: which okay. is
1: what What would yourself now want to make sure the 25-year-old version of you knew. Okay. Like, what did that version of you need to know? And this is my friend Kim from Howard. And just for the record, I know about 100 Kims. So there, there could potentially be a bunch of Kims on my show. So just <laughs> FYI. Like, what would the young Kim <clears throat> need to know that you you feel like? I got to tell her this.
2: Okay, so if I had to step back and talk to 25, the 25 year old Kim, I think one of the biggest things I would say to her is, or ask her, I should say, is, what do you want? And that seems like a very simple question, but yet it's a very um, hard question for most people to answer what do you want? And um, I would ask that question, and upon answering the question, it was, I would tell her, okay, make a decision about what it is that you want and then put everything into moving in that direction. And I say that because you can ask a person at 50, you know, what do you want, and people will tell you, what they can do, what they've done, what they like to do. And Hmm. it's real hard for people to say, answer, what do you want? And um, and at 52, I'm still asking myself the question a lot because it's so easy (laughs) to kind of fall into the norms of everybody. And if everybody's doing something and moving in a certain direction, you know, trends and things, and that's kind of what everybody's doing, but it's like, no. What did you want? And, you know, we graduated and end up in jobs uh, because of maybe um, somebody told you you should, you know,
1: follow after this or that. Right. And people
2: jobs that they don't even like. So it's like, what do you want? Well, and, here's, um,
1: the, here's the wrinkle to that, because I think that's a, a good statement. And maybe I'll change the question going forward. Like, what would you okay. just like to say to your 25-year-old self? But here's the wrinkle to that. Um, a lot of times people don't believe they deserve what they want. So they
2: exactly, exactly.
1: they <laughs> take themselves out <laughs> and, exactly. and
2: wind up exactly. living
1: some inferior version
2: yes.
1: Yes. of their that's lives exactly because
2: why I would ask the question. But I think you may have also been asking me what would I say? And I think the one thing I would say to the 25 year old version is nobody really cares about you as much as you think they do. They <laughs> not care in a way, and I don't mean care not in a, right, way not of
1: a mean of way.
2: Buzzing, but I think so often we uh, shrink back from things, and we shrink, you know, from attempting and trying new things, or you know, because we we care about what people think. But in the grand scheme right. of things, most people really don't care as much as you think they do. You know? But what if I do? What yeah. if I cut my hair? What are people going to think? Well, what if I wear this? What will people think? What if I move here? What will people think? People don't really care as much as they think they do. You know?
1: Right. We fear their judgment. And yeah. the, re- the reality is, I was watching this thing the other day with uh, Brene Brown on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's great if you get it, if you have a scene, you should check it out if you get a chance but okay. basically, what she was saying, God, somehow I lost my thoughts uh-huh. <laughs> oh, basically, what she was saying it's not your fault, it's my age. What she was saying is don't listen to people people's judgment who aren't doing anything, so uh-huh. if someone's not trying to change their life and they're not out here trying then don't it doesn't matter what they think
2: exactly- and so
1: Yeah, most people usually like to keep you in a comfort zone because it makes them feel good. Like, don't cut your hair because if you cut your hair, then I'm supposed to be thinking more about my thing, and I don't want to. Don't go take a new job because if you go do that, then I'm supposed to be taking a new job, and I don't want to, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's good advice. I do think most people don't care as much as we give them credit for Mm -hmm. Mm caring. And that's the beauty of picking over 40, I think. I think once you get over 40, you realize, you know, people are basically kind of full of shit, and they just talk a lot. They don't really care what you do, really.
2: just <laughs> no, to your point, they do. They just really want to keep you keep you kind of fenced in is what I, I I, like to think of it as. And I hate to say that parents can do that sometimes. You know, they, they do, They want to keep you fenced in, and um, they do that by – causing you to second-guess yourself about decisions, you know. It's like, well, I would have never done that or, you know, fearing that you're going to fail. But
1: you don't have that
2: fear, but they try to,
1: you know, sense you in. I definitely think that's true. And we can do a whole other podcast on that, and we will. I've been meaning to have you on show for a while. And we do share some some, uh, common issues with our uh, moms that I think a lot of people have that it would be fun to crack open that, but not today because we can, we've been talk about that for like two hours. (laughs) And it's not about bad mouthing our moms. It's just like, no. okay. This is, this has been that experience. So, but for this podcast, you're a teacher. And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, we just had coffee. And what's funny is you're like, what are we going to talk about on a podcast? I'm like, but we never not talk like, we always have something to talk about. And I think if, if people understood, so I personally think education uh, needs to be modified for where we are in society now. And one of the things we talked about, well, I definitely think curriculum. I also think hours. Mm-hmm. I think school schedule, like going year-round, mm-hmm. would be more apropos for where we are because people are, you know, our lives have changed significantly since they came up mm-hmm. with this structure. But you were talking about how you can see at uh, young ages that basically some of these kids are going to just wind up in the criminal justice system. It's education mm-hmm. is almost a feeder system for some kids. Yeah,
2: yeah. And how does that I mean, affect
1: what... you on a day to day basis? Like, how do you not get discouraged?
2: Oh, girl. Hmm. Uh, Well, I will say there are good days, and then there are tough days. I don't even say bad days, but really tough days. And um, it's hard not to get discouraged because you, to your point, you can see at seven, eight, even as young as six. You can look at a six, seven, or eight-year-old, and you can see that if their path (laughs) is not rerouted, that they are more than likely going to enter the criminal justice system. And it's sad because as a teacher, you know, I've, I've gone to school, gotten degrees on how to instruct, how to teach. And so many of the kids um, that I've seen today, they need something else. Like I even think schools should not start in a traditional way, you know, to your point of seeking um the way that we have for 20, 30 years, coming in, having the same plan of attack every day <clears throat> may not be what kids need today. I really think that kids today, work not all school districts and schools, classes, but most kids need to come in every day and kind of have a, a kumbaya, so to speak. And it's like I think kids have to kind of get things off of them. Kids come to school hungry. You know, Mm -hmm. kids come to school, moms have said some inappropriate things to them as they have gotten out of the car. They've watched things, you know, that night. I have kids that are up all night with uh, infants, and they're in second grade, you know, and they're taking care of babies. So it's like I think kids need to kind of, like, uh, peel layers of of stress. They don't even know what's stress, but peel layers of life off. Because before they're even open to receive from me. So I come mm. to school and I'm ready to just teach, but they're like, wait, I need to take this stuff off first. You know? Right.
1: And they're kids. That's, they're I don't kids. think kids are being kids. That sounds like. Because, you know,
2: that's a lot.
1: It is. Taking care of an infant in sec- from yeah. second grade.
2: And I watched like, the one little girl I'm referring to, um, she'll say, like she said yesterday, she was falling asleep during my lesson, but I know why she sleeps. And I'm like, uh, "Honey, wake up!" She said, "I'm sorry, I was with that baby all night." You know, oh. like, there's no reason she should be taking care or having to have any responsibility for
1: right. a two-year-old,
2: at eight, and she's sleepy.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> so that's crazy. I, um, but not that she would be one to enter the, the criminal system, as you asked Right, but, but that is um, a lot
1: of responsibility.
2: It is. But I do see, like, my young boys that are fatherless. I will say that. The boys that don't have strong male um, figures in their lives, those are the ones that I really see headed in that direction, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, That. But And that's the thing that's so frustrating, because we know what the issues are, and yet I don't feel like anybody that I'm aware of, which, of course, that doesn't mean I'm aware of everything, but I don't feel like there is a movement, uh, a front that can effectively deal with this issue. We know what the issues are, but nobody really seems willing to talk about it at this mm-hmm. point. And you it's know, almost you-
2: like Really, back to your point about how how schools are set up. Like, for as many teachers that we have in certain schools, and I have to say, like inner city schools, for as many teachers as we have, you know how they say, well, there has to be like a fifteen to one ratio. There should almost be like, well, for every thirty students, you need a counselor. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Because I agree with that. Cannot attend to the needs of the kids. I mean. And each and every class, I mean, they're overwhelmed. So it's like if you got, you know, so many kids, you can, you, you have to have so many counselors to really help kids flourish. And, I mean, I never really thought of that until I just said it, but um, I think see that you know. really helps a lot.
1: I think that would be, I think there are probably two teachers to a classroom and a counselor yeah. it would be a crazy wouldn't be crazy, especially as culturally um, families have broken down, and mm-hmm. you they are so overburdened and yeah. they they don't have partners and two parent homes and uh financial security there's food insecurity, so in a way, I think kind of LeBron James school model um, mm-hmm. is thoughtful and um Based off of his own experience, but yeah, when you have a family that's insecure financially, uh, there's not a lot of food, um, and you can't make people stop having kids, obviously. Um, no. but if you're going to be in that situation to you know have a food pantry, like that is just so thoughtful to me, and I get why people, Americans, are pretty punitive for people who don't have any money, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. So we have to ignore this phone because it's not my phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, we, we get upset with people, you know what I mean, like because they're poor or whatever. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's not really – I don't think it's preposterous to want to be able to help people like that. You know what I mean? But, I think it would be okay to say, oh, let's try to help them, you know, find yeah. some food. You know, but I I get why people wouldn't want to do that, but, when
2: And this is what I've seen over the last 10 years, okay? So, for one, I agree with you wholeheartedly with having two teachers in the classroom because when I see that a kid is really hurting, you know, for whatever reason, or I see a kid hoarding food or I see, Mm. I mean, I see all these things happening at times, but because it's just me... Oftentimes it's like I have to kind of like put it on the shelf, like like just kind of put it put right. it somewhere I know it's happening, but I can't really deal with it right now because I'm teaching, and I've got right. you know eight kids, but I will say this um year one when I started teaching, there might be this one kid in the class that I knew was struggling financially, you know whatever. I would sneak food into their backpack if we had an activity and there was you no know, oh. extra treat whatever I would just put them in their backpack. Nobody had to know. It was maybe one kid, okay? So right. ten years later, there's like eight. And it's like I can't do that for all eight kids. You know right.
1: what I mean? Right. So ten years at the cafeteria.
2: Have, yeah. I get it. Yeah.
1: But I think that's where the negative comes in because obviously people have gotten more poor Um uh, yeah. Low income. It takes so much more income to do, you know, just the bare minimum now. Yeah. So exactly. And this has been a steady decline, I think, in middle class and wealth uh disparity for the last forty years. And then a city like St. Louis, which has hemorrhaged jobs, I mean, the city we grew up in does not exist anymore. Not just city county. I mean this whole region is so different. Um I mean, there's just no stability uh in black middle income family. Like you just don't hardly see them. You're either doing well or you're not. Mm-hmm. So you're
2: not. There's not a lot of me.
1: middle ground. So yeah. I would mm-hmm. imagine it's discouraging and frustrating because socially and no one seems to really be addressing these things. That's the thing, you know, yeah. that makes me frustrated because it's like, I don't want to talk about reforming the jail system before I talk about uh, this part, because we know that this part is the feeder system in a lot of ways for Mm -hmm. criminal justice. So in my opinion, how come no one's really charging into this? Because Mm -hmm. of the teachers' union, maybe? People don't want to mess with that? I don't know. but it, It needs to get fixed.
2: It does, and I think the other. If we're gonna lose a good
1: teacher, it sounds like you're ready to move on.
2: You know what? If you look at any type of um, studies that kind of show the percentage of, say, "quote unquote" new teachers who would be teachers less than, say, five years, I mean, there's a mass exodus from Mm. um, that profession. People are leaving, and a lot of it is just stress. You know. And, you know, teachers having to deal with um, disrespect and level, I mean, ways that we could not have ever imagined happening when we were kids. we cursing our teachers, cursing our kids in the classroom. Um, mm. It's disrespect that it makes me want to do things that I would lose my job for. You know, like a little person cursing you is like crazy. And I'm going to tell you this, the other thing, I used to think that teaching had become hazardous to my health. Wow. Because, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, like, if you're at work for seven hours a day and you have two or three, well, last year I had a class of maybe, I'm going to say maybe 17 kids, and only five kids came to school ready to learn every day. So that left a balance of the class. Every day, all day, just disruptive behavior. And I would just have to maintain a sense of calmness, but I could tell that it was affecting my health, you know, because you have yeah. kids, you know, get upset and throw over, you know, push over desks and throw things across the room. That's and
1: insane.
2: I, it is. And, it would, and I'm going to be honest with you. Um, although I was kind of like, you know, managing my composure because kids are watching me, on the inside, my heart is beating like crazy.
1: Right. Because
2: that's chaos. even worse. You know? Sure. So I think, you know, kids, I mean, teachers to me really work under very hostile conditions. And some days I really ask myself, why do you do this? Like, who who would be crazy enough to do this every day? <laughs> but I love teaching. I love kids. So,
1: um, right, but tough. I feel like you it's wish you were in an environment where you could just teach, not yes, um, heal and
2: yeah, oh my gosh, have to address
1: all the bigger issues socially, yeah.
2: But the other thing, you know, the healing piece, it's, it's sad when you see like these some of these kids have amazing potential. I mean, just they could be anything they want to be. But it's the environment,
1: <laughs> right.
2: um, uh, It's, you know what I'm saying, yeah, it's
1: like absolutely, you know,
2: you lose a kid just because they have parents that don't really know how to guide them. It's like you got a gold mine right here this this child is brilliant, the child is so artistic, but without you know proper guidance and encouragement. It all be for mine. That's and those are the kids that I really don't, that I don't want to miss. And, and and so when I see the gifts and the talents, I have so many conversations about, you know, what they can do and who they can become. Because if they don't ever hear it again, they'll hear it from me.
1: No. Well, that's why you do it. Yeah. And I think that's important because, you, you are redirecting someone's life, you know. Yeah. Uh, I have a story from on an opposite perspective. I had a teacher who, you know, I went to a Catholic school, and so in order to go to Catholic high school, you had to test in. At, at that time, I'm not sure if it's still the same, but, you know, on my parent-teacher night, she looked me and my mom in my face and was like, you're not smart enough to go to the school you want to go to. And I was like, what? <laughs> and – I always liked what? that teacher. And uh, this is the first time me and my mom were on the same page. We just got up and was like, <laughs> forget her. You know, if this is where you want to go, just go. So I tested and I got in. And wow. um, I, it was. Know she that? Yeah, she was like, they want the cream of the crop, and you are not the cream of the crop with the full statement. So it can work both ways. I happen to come from wow. two pretty. Uh, strong parents of lots of structure. You know, it may not have always been warm and fuzzy, but there was lots of structure, and they cared about my education. Yeah. And, um, that was a priority. So for her to be like, well, you're not that smart. I was like, uh, lady? Wow. <laughs> you wrong. Wow, the nerve,
2: Right. But, so but you, just, so you just touched on one thing, too. You said your parents cared about your education, and um, so let's go back to, like, having parent-teacher conferences, and I got to, you know, have a class of, say, 19, and four people show up. What does that
1: say? It definitely doesn't convey care.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think that's part of the bigger issue, the bigger problem, and no one wants to talk about that either because it's prickly and you know, it sounds uh-huh. judgmental and harsh, but a lot of people that's have true. kids that shouldn't be having kids. Yeah. It's not a a sport or a hobby. I it, mean it's Hello.
2: Yeah, like they it's and, work. and I hate to say this probably sounds and don't judge me. And I hope your listeners don't judge me either. Don't but judge us. Sometimes, don't judge me. But sometimes I've looked at parents and it it's like they treat their kids like animals. They feed them, they provide them shelter. That's it. Mm. I yeah, get, that's it. That. And I give them a place to sleep. But the interaction, the communication, the affection, the love, the, all of that that really matters,
1: they don't get. I mean, if it's I, not there. I and obviously, and they it. never got it either. Nope. So they don't know nope. to give it. Yep. But so we yeah, are basically living more them. to
2: having kids than that. They need more.
1: Absolutely. It's almost like we're living in some giant social experiment where some people get food and love and shelter and care and some people I know. Get, get shelter and that's it. And then then you've got that X factor group that gets nothing and they're just like feral cats or something.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting, the dynamics in the classroom, and this really isn't what we're talking about, but um, I can tell the, by say month three, I can tell you who has a stable home environment, be it mom, dad, not necessarily dad, because a lot of times I'm a single mom and I try to raise my son in a very structured environment. But um, you can tell the kids who are really clingy and needy and need a lot of, you know, affection, uh, they're very different from the kids who have uh, that at home. They don't need that. They can come to school and they're ready to just, you know, sit and do school. Those other kids, they really crave the attention, the affection, all of that. And you can tell by month three who they are.
1: I'll tell you a quick story, and then we'll probably wrap it up, because um, I know you wanted to keep it short, and we're already at 25 minutes. <laughs> but we, um, we this neighborhood that I'm in now, my mom bought, my parents bought this house, uh you know, fifty years ago, and it's changed because you used to have to be married and have income. And you know, it was, uh, the neighborhood that that I grew up in was, you know, working class families. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, a lot of those people have passed on or uh, sold the houses or whatever. So a lot of people rent the houses, and so mm-hmm. somebody section aided their house across the street, and there were like five kids in there and a and a woman. Um. Mm-hmm which I'm assuming was the mom, and we had a lot of snow this winter. And there were mm-hmm. two of the boys were outside playing snow. And then right mm-hmm. next door to them is a young family. I grew up with their parents. And so there um, is a father, a wife, and two young kids. And the father was out with his little boy playing in the snow with the baby. And these two kids from the uh, Section 8 house, They stopped playing and stood and stared. They were transfixed by this father playing with his son. And I felt from across the street, looking out the window, how deeply they craved that. Mm. And it just made me so sad for them. Um, They wanted that so bad. And, you know, you know how hard it is to stop like a a five and a seven-year-old boy from playing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they just stopped in their tracks and stood there and watched that and it just kind of broke my heart for them because if they're craving it in a snowstorm they're craving it all the time Mm
2: -hmm. they really
1: need that attention and that affection and I just wish people would be more thoughtful about when and who they have kids with (laughs) and uh, yeah I know it's naive but (laughs) I just wish people would think about that
2: Oh, good luck with that one. Don't laugh at me. Yeah, good luck with that one. I agree, but
1: we're not cynical.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't judge. Yeah, because you see people coming in the school like baby number seven or eight, and you're really thinking, really?
1: (laughs) I know, right? With the cost (laughs) being what it is, that should be prohibitive enough. Hello. You know, but we're not talking about people who give stuff a lot of thought. I guess because yeah. I the the money alone.
2: I, I wanted to have I want I wanted a big family. Like I wanted three or four kids. I wanted a house full of kids. And I ended up divorced early. And I always said, well, you know what? I could adopt because I really wanted to have more kids. And um, but you know why I didn't? Mm-mm. I didn't feel like I could afford it. Right. I was like, you know, I believe um, that. my the salary with my son. And I'm like, this is, I'm kind of like, you know, at the end, like, okay, what's left? Like, why would I <laughs> another? I'm just like, why, why would I stress myself out like that? Why would I do that?
1: Right. So, do the math. So I Stop having <laughs> why? babies. Why? Do the math.
2: <laughs> I was like, no, it's just a few dollars left. I don't think that's enough for one more tea. I really yeah, I'm the here. same
1: way. I thought, well, I was raised to think you had to get married to have kids. And as the religious aspect of that peeled away for me, I still thought it was a better idea to have a structure, to yeah. have a family. So I didn't get married. So, uh, And the guy I came closest to marrying, I mean, I love him. Just talked to him yesterday, great human being. But financially, I just didn't feel like we could have the life that I wanted. And I'm like, and these kids cost money. Right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna halfway do it. I'm not gonna make short. Exactly. I'm going I want to give like them a the good life. How
2: would you invite the struggle? Like,
1: I don't why know. Do you ask for it?
2: Like, man, I it? If something just, just like, like Nah, I'm not gonna create yeah. that for
1: myself. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, as usual, it's been a delight chatting with you. This is like for the podcast; it's only been thirty minutes, but for for today, it's been like hour two or three. I know. <laughs> I know it's
2: always but
1: I've always wanted you to come on the podcast, and I know if I apply myself, um, we can come up with another uh, good topic or even expand on this one if you want. But I appreciate mm-hmm. you saying yes. Enjoy no problem. your
2: it's the time cloudy. Mentioned
1: rainy Saturday I
2: know I'm going to stay in and just take care of some stuff today
1: oh all right well it sounds like you need to recover from your work weeks all the time so you do that just just take I some new time maybe meditate a little bit yes sing, sing be- an old negro spiritual and <laughs> <laughs> get ready for the week girl Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. okay Thanks. Bye-bye. bye-bye.
0: <laughs>